Denver Broncos safety Kareem Jackson is back for his 14th year in the NFL. Why shouldn't Broncos fans write him off and some other players on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos? You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. A special shout out to all the everydayers out there who make us part of your everyday conversation. We appreciate you so much. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss out on an episode as soon as it's made available. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, the expert, predominantlyorange.com. We're going to continue this conversation yesterday's episode of the show. In case you missed it, we talked about three offensive players that shouldn't be slept on or written off by Broncos fans or anybody else going into the season. We're going to focus on the defensive side of the ball here today. And Sarah, what better way to start things off than a guy who a lot of people don't necessarily have necessarily high expectations for right now, even though that he's in his 14th year in the NFL. That is Kareem Jackson. We've seen a lot of people writing him off as if, okay, he can't play anymore. I think when you look at the film and you look at just his impact, his health, he can still play. He can still offer things to the Broncos, especially on the defensive side of the ball. He can, Cody. And as exciting as it would be to be able to definitively say, hey, we're moving forward with Hayden Stearns, we're believing in him as the starter opposite Justin Simmons at that safety position. I think it's just as exciting to see what Kareem Jackson has been able to do, really creating his own legacy in Denver. Of course, it hasn't been the best of times over the last handful of years, has it? But since he came on board in 2019, I mean, he's been one of the most available guys. One of the, I mean, if you go to a Broncos game on a Sunday over the last five years, you're probably more likely to have seen Kareem Jackson out there playing than not, which is really saying something. He's been a consistent factor. He's continually come back. And what I really love about him being back, Cody, is the fact that really Kareem Jackson has every reason to go try to play somewhere else, right? He has every reason to go join a team that's, seemingly way closer to potentially winning a championship. But look, he's he, he wanted to, to really rebuild something in Denver starting back in 2019 when he joined, at the time, Vic Fangio's defense. Now, a couple of defensive coordinators later, it's really fun to see that Kareem Jackson is coming back, and I don't think he should be written off. Like you said, the dude can still play. Well, you know, one of the bigger reasons people are writing off that I'm seeing, you know, we see it on Twitter. People say, oh, he's fallen off. And look, Kareem has seen all this stuff. Kareem has seen all the tweets from people saying that he's fallen off. And he's even, you know, made a couple of social media videos showcasing some of the highlights from last year. And and obviously for him training, he's like, I'm not, I'm, I haven't fallen off. And I'm going to show you why. Like Kareem here in year 14, it's weird enough to think that a guy who's as experienced as he is, as valuable of a player as he is, still has a chip on his shoulder, but yeah, he does. And I, I think it's super important to make note of that there. I mean, his impact for Denver, not only from the on-field standpoint, but also from a leadership aspect, has been so monumental since he came into the doors of Dove Valley. Now, some reasons that people are writing him off, well, it is year 14 for him in the NFL. And there's this common assumption that as you get older, you still can't play even if you're 35 years old. Kareem, I think, has kind of shut that narrative down. And look, last year, I think a great sign, he played in 100% of the team's defensive snaps last season. And Sarah, 
They were on the field a lot last season. And sure, you know what? Maybe he gave up a couple of touchdowns. He gave up a couple of plays. But overall, you get a very consistent guy out of Kareem Jackson. And you get a guy who's very consistent coming up and playing in the box, playing against the run. And how many times over the course of Kareem's four seasons going on five here in Denver, have we seen him come up and make a big hit that just kind of changes the tone of the game, right? He's made plays like that before. A lot of people are saying that he's old. But another reason why people are writing Kareem Jackson off is because Hayden Stearns is expected, at least right now, the conversation this offseason has been, the expectation is that he will start the season next to Justin Simmons. And Kareem has even come out and said, hey, like, I, I'm not planning on taking a diminished role. I'm going to compete and I'm going to show why. I'm going to make it very, very hard for them to ignore the value I can still bring to the table on this field defensively. Which is either going to bring the best or the worst out of Caden Stearns, isn't it? Over the first two seasons of Caden Stearns' career, I would say, I would argue, it's really brought out the best in him, hasn't it? To have Kareem Jackson there pushing him, to have Justin Simmons there pushing him, obviously. I think with Kareem coming back, it just goes to show, hey, Sean Payton's philosophy, like you've mentioned in previous episodes, Cody, it really is doesn't matter your draft status or your free agency status or whatever the case may be. Once you get here, the best guys are going to play. I think it really speaks to that that fact right there that they're bringing Kareem Jackson back. It's not like, okay, so we're, we're just going to throw all our eggs into this basket here for Caden Stearns, a former fifth-round pick who hasn't played a ton over his first two seasons. As much as you would want to see them be able to put faith in him there, I think it does. It, it makes a lot of sense to have somebody like Kareem who can come in and, hey, if Caden Stearns does struggle, you have a proven starter there. Or if Caden Stearns plays really well, you have somebody like Kareem Jackson who can be a weapon for your defense. He's proven that over the course of his career. Outside corner, safety, nickel, doesn't matter what you're asking him to do. He's going to go out there and he's going to be really good at it. I mean, for him to be top level, first round pick at cornerback and then play at a Pro Bowl level at the safety position, I mean, it really speaks volumes to the type of guy Kareem Jackson is. It speaks volumes to the type of guy that really Sean Payton wants in his locker room. And I think it lends credence to something that we mentioned yesterday on the show, Cody, that Vic Fangio may have a little input into who's on this roster. I'm not saying a lot, but I think, you know, Vic did call Kareem Jackson one of his favorite players of all time, right? So Kareem Jackson coming back, now part of Sean Payton's Denver Broncos, I think it really does add value. Don't write him off just because he's old. You need guys like this at the, you know, at any position, guys who can bring that kind of veteran leadership and value. And when your team is good, it just completely changes the dynamic and context of how you look at those guys and those big plays that Kareem makes. Now the stakes may be higher. The Broncos may be winning games and to have Kareem making big plays in bigger games. I think that's going to add a lot to his value and legacy as a Bronco. What if I were to tell you that there is a scenario out there that exists where Kareem Jackson and Caden Stearns can play at the same time, where one guy can start, but they can still play impact minutes? I think there is a plan in place here for the Broncos. We mentioned the former ties to Vance Joseph, who coached Kareem back in Houston. And on top of that, I mean, just look at what Kareem has done in terms of having a that leadership presence as you talk about. Sean Payton loves having guys on his team that are solidified leaders on defense. You've got Kareem, you've got Justin, you've got Sertan, you've got some other guys now, but that's pretty good company to have there with those guys. It's good for Vance Joseph to have those guys with that DNA inside of that locker room saying, hey, you know what? I don't have to worry about these guys. 
these guys will get the message across. You know, they'll echo it. They'll echo essentially what the coaches want from them. They'll represent that and they'll show what it means to be a Denver Bronco. Kareem does that. And look, even if he may take a little bit of a, a diminished role in a sense, maybe not play as many of the snaps. I mean, I don't know. That That's the talk right now. Kareem is going to come out and he's going to try to find a way to make it very hard to keep him off the field. And I'm excited about that. And Broncos country, we're, con- we're excited to continue the conversation on today's episode of the show in terms of talking about players who should not be written off. There's quite a few on the defensive side of the ball, Kareem being one of them. But there's an edge rusher on the Broncos that has a chance to be a premier impact player but injuries and prior history have created some concerns as to whether or not he can be a guy that can contribute fully here in 2023. We'll talk about why he can on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. The NBA finals are starting up, and right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the VA. Randy Gregory is in need of a bounce-back season in 2023, but Cody and I, we're going to sit here and tell you why maybe you shouldn't write him off for this coming season, despite... A disappointing first year in Denver, Cody. I know we were really excited about just the possibility of what Randy Gregory could bring based on what he did in that last year in Dallas under Dan Quinn, obviously really excelled, created a lot of turnovers for that Dallas Cowboys defense, came to Denver with big expectations because not necessarily of who Randy Gregory is, but because of who the Broncos passed on in you know the process of signing him. So, now entering year two with Denver. Obviously, you've got a chance, and I know you've talked about this before, to really speak with Randy Gregory, get to know him a bit more. Maybe tell us why you don't think Randy Gregory should be written off here going into the 2023 NFL season. I think the biggest thing right now is he's fully healthy, right? I mean, last season at this juncture, he had the arthroscopic shoulder injury. He'd have surgery on. He had to work his way through training camp and was not able to participate really, I think, till the final week of training camp and, you know, leading up to that first game against the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football started to get on the field a little bit more. So for him to miss all that time in the offseason and to come out and play the way that he did in week one, we're talking about creating pressure off the edge, being dynamic against the run, you know, maintaining the edge and also coming up and just absolutely manhandling DK Metcalf, ripping the ball out of his hands, forcing a turnover that gave the Broncos live in a hostile environment, which, by the way, I will say this, Seattle, out of all the stadiums I've been to covering the Broncos, Seattle is the loudest stadium, and you can make an an argument as well about Arrowhead. Those are the two places where it is extremely loud, and if I'm quarterback, I don't know if I can hear things, but defensively, yeah, Randy Gregory can be an impact player. He can be a premier player, especially at the edge rusher position. And Sarah, I think, you know, it is fair to bring up when looking at the NFL free agency process on maybe some of the other guys passed up, Vaughn Miller, Chandler Jones. Maybe let's let's play a little hypothetical here. If the Broncos don't go with Randy Gregory and they choose to re-sign Vaughn Miller, does Vaughn tear his ACL, you know, that year? Does he still undergo the ACL tear, right? Because then could you imagine the conversations we'd also be having if Denver re-signed Vaughn, then he had the ACL injury, and everyone's like, "What? Like, you just paid this guy, you know, however, you know, six-year deal, and he's not even able to play because of this injury here." I think there would be some conversations and some frustration to be had. But look, folks, I I don't think we can ever get mad at any player or any decision to sign a player if they get injured because you're signing a player on what you think they can be and what George Payton and the Broncos believe Randy Gregory can be 
is a premier edge rusher. Not only that, but a guy who's going to be a disruptor. And I think when you factor in what are the pieces around Randy Gregory, right, defensively, look, you, you draft Drew Sanders, who you also believe can effectively blitz the quarterback from the inside backer position. You've got Josie Jewell. You've got other guys, Baron Browning, Jonathan Cooper on the other edge. And you've got a guy now in Zach Allen. How does that impact and help a guy like Randy Gregory produce? Right now, he's fully healthy. This is a big season for Randy. And I think that we can look at his history, right, and say, okay, you know, there are question marks. I don't think we can use that history in the present to say, okay, let's write this guy off. This is a big year. And look, this is kind of a prove-it year for Randy Gregory in a sense in terms of in the eyes of the fan base, which I completely understand. But I can tell you this. Randy's a guy who wants to win. He wants to compete. And one of the nicest dudes I've met inside that locker room, I'm rooting for him. I'm pulling for him. I want him to succeed. And I know he wants to succeed as well. Don't write him off because when healthy, I think he can be a very, very big impact player as we have seen on the field when healthy. Clean slate. That's kind of what I think of when I when I think of Randy Gregory for the Denver Broncos in 2023. That's I, I think that's accurate. It, and it has to be from the fans and the, the team alike. You got a clean slate this year. You, you struggle with injuries last year. And like you mentioned, Cody, you can't really blame players for that. Of course, we we know he worked really. I mean, he worked his butt off to be out there even for week one. Remember, there was a question that whether or not he would even be ready for that Seahawks game. And he worked his butt off to get that shoulder ready to be out there. And he was playing at a high level. So clean slate for Randy Gregory is kind of where I'm at on things because I was frustrated by the signing and I wasn't frustrated at Randy Gregory by any means. I was frustrated with George Payton. He's like, you prioritize this guy over a franchise legend and Von Miller. And I think a lot of fans shared that sentiment. So the frustration, it, it's getting directed somewhat towards Randy Gregory, but it should be directed towards George Payton if you're still frustrated at all. But I would say it's time for a clean slate for everybody. Look, we got to move on. Von Miller's a Buffalo Bill. He's still calling the Broncos we, so at least we have that. But Randy Gregory <laughs> is on the team, right? And he's on the team, and he is a key piece. Like the edge position right now for the Denver Broncos, it may be the biggest question mark on the team. And dare we say, and we've said it before, maybe one of the biggest weaknesses on the roster when you look at what these guys are and what they bring to the table there's a lot of upside, though. There's a lot of upside with Randy Gregory, a lot of upside with Baron Browning. But we're counting on Randy Gregory to come out there this season and really be that big money, high priced pass rusher that you paid him to be. And I say clean slate for him in 2023. Clean slate is super important. And look, I think that maybe there would be more questions, right? If we saw, you know, in the games that he played last season, if we didn't see what George Payton was looking for, essentially. But we saw what George Payton was looking for. We saw a guy who was getting quarterback hits creating pressure on quarterbacks, destroying Davis Mills, ripping the ball out of DK Metcalf's hands, creating a lot of pressure and really flustering, creating opportunities as well because there were times where offensive game plans had to shift a little bit because Randy was such a sizable you know, physical guy. They had to allocate extra resources, which then created opportunities for Draymond Jones, for Bradley Chubb early on in the season. Like Denver had through the first four weeks, they had a really, really good uh, I'd say strategy in place in terms of, okay, let's maximize what we can do with this guy. And if this guy's getting double teamed, well, you know what? It opens up opportunities for this guy. It's not just about solo production. It's like when this guy's on the field, what is he doing? Not only in terms of production from himself, but how is he helping the defense produce? How is he creating opportunities for other guys? We go back to the old school 2015 Denver Broncos defense and won a Super Bowl. And what was it that Von Miller said? He said, you know, I thank Derek Wolf a lot for taking up two defenders in, inside of a two gap structure because 
because it created more one-on-one opportunities for me. Denver's got guys there, and I think there's a balance. There's an ebb and flow that we see with defensive play, especially in today's NFL. You can't just necessarily rely on just one guy. It is a group effort. Sometimes there are guys. There are freak anomalies. Like I'll, I'll give Max Crosby his flowers here. He's one guy that it doesn't matter if you double team him. He's so physical and he's got such a high motor. He's going to he's going to manhandle some people. He's going to get his at times. So can you have same guys there? I, I think Randy Gregory has everything in his arsenal and inside his toolkit here to be just that a disruptor, a violent player for the Broncos defense. And kind of to your point about edge rusher, and I know we've had concerns about that as well, about the depth there. Remember how last year we were having a conversation about the Broncos at inside linebacker, and somehow it, we were more surprised more than anything in a good way about it. I have a little bit of a, a hunch and a feeling internally that, okay, hey, maybe, just maybe, Randy Gregory, the edge rusher room for the Broncos, is in better position than maybe we feel like right now. And, and hey, you know what? We have an entire offseason to figure out if that's true or not. We do, Cody. And I think the team is really in alignment with that. Like you look at this, you, you got to judge by the actions, right? You have to judge by what they're actually doing. Remember going into free agency in the NFL draft, a lot of people wanted the Broncos to go after edge guys. They wanted them to use their top pick on an edge guy again after doing it last year with Nick Benito. And I think we're kind of seeing, well, the Nick Benitos are the types of guys that you're going to get in that pick range in terms of edge players in the NFL draft. And so a lot of fans seem to be down on Nick Benito, but they want to take another shot at that. You know, it's like a game at like a, you know, Dave and Buster's or something. You want to go right back and you want to try it again. You want to go push the button. And it's like, well, more more than likely, you're going to get pretty much the same thing at that pick range. Not saying that Nick Benito is a bad player. We're expecting progression from him in year two, especially with his old college position coach, Jamar Kane joining the staff. But Cody, I think the Broncos indications at this position have been they are comfortable buying into the that big P word, right? They're comfortable buying into the potential of all these guys. Randy Gregory coming off injury. Baron Browning, year two of really being a full-time edge. And then you talk about guys like Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper, who's shown some things in his first two NFL seasons as well, along with a number of other young guys there. It's a young group at the edge position. It's a lot of inexperience, but the, it seems like to me, the Broncos are buying into their potential big time. Broncos country, we want to hear from you on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like the video, comment on the video, and also comment and interact with other members in Broncos country. If you ever want to share your feedback with us as well, if you're not on YouTube, you can always tweet us on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Locked on Broncos. Despite making some additions to the inside linebacker room, retaining a key player from last year, there are some questions, and some people are writing off a particular Broncos inside linebacker. We'll tell you why you shouldn't do that on today's episode of the show. Real quick, let me tell you, the NBA Finals are here, and the Denver Nuggets will host the Miami Heat in Game 1 of the Finals at Ball Arena. This is a great opportunity for the Nuggets to win their first ever NBA championship, but can they overcome Jimmy Butler, who's been on a playoff tear this postseason? Check out Adam Adas and Matt Moore on the Locked On Nuggets podcast wherever you get your podcasts or available on YouTube. The Denver Broncos inside linebacker position is an interesting one to discuss when you look at who's going to start a draft pick that was also added to the mix. And one guy is seemingly forgotten in the mix of all of that. We'll talk about Jonas Griffith on today's episode of the show. Just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to us or to watch us here on Lockdown Broncos on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. If you've not yet subscribed or followed the show, make sure you do so already so you never miss out on an episode as soon as it's made available we have you covered every single day all year long post-practice games you get all that here 
Locked on Broncos, short, sweet, to the point, and objective coverage of all things orange and blue. There, let's talk about Jonas Griffith here for a moment and, and kind of maybe why he's one of the players that we selected as, hey, you cannot write this guy off just yet. I think it's super important to note, okay, hey, you look at the writing on the wall. Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton projected to be the starters this upcoming season. Josie's on the final year of his deal in Denver. They go out. And they also draft a, a guy in Drew Sanders who is an athletic freak and has looked really good in OTAs and rookie minicamp and is probably going to play a little bit of a role this season, especially on special teams. But then there's also Jonas Griffith who came back after signing his exclusive rights free agent tender that the team had put on him, giving him uh, you know more chance to be here in Denver and also I think giving him control in the future to really say, hey, you know what? He's going to be part of the Broncos for at least the next two seasons, more than likely guaranteed. And he's coming off of an injury last year, a foot injury. But there, these are all the reasons that people are writing him off. Why shouldn't Broncos country or anybody write off Jonas Griffith? Well, I think the biggest thing for me and for many others is that he may be the, the freakiest of the freaks in terms of athleticism at that position for the Denver Broncos. And we saw at the end of his first year with the team, remember when he got an opportunity to go out there and play in Vic Fangio's defense, I mean, he was averaging, what, 10, 11 tackles a game or something like that. I mean, he was a tackling machine out there. And last offseason, I think you and I both were really excited. Like, he could be the breakout player on the defense. And, of course, the the injury in the preseason, just injuries, are they, they just stink. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's terrible. And, and you hate to see that stuff derail the potentially could have been. I predicted him as the team's leading tackler last offseason so I was really high on Jonas Griffith and I still am I think that athleticism obviously it's not going anywhere the size it's not going anywhere Jonas Griffith is a big time playmaker at that linebacker position and it's going to be fascinating to see like you discussed the log jam the Broncos currently have at the off-ball linebacker spot with Josie Jewell Alex Singleton and now Drew Sanders entering the mix what happens if you know uh, all four of these guys are playing well at OTAs and into training camp and into the preseason? Do you maybe start to listen to some trade calls for somebody like Josie Jewell, who's entering the final year? I'm not saying to do it. Definitely, I'm just saying you maybe enter. Is your Evero over there in Carolina? You you need a guy to come Peter and be Hansen, kind of the quarterback. Your deep Peter Hansen's the linebacker. So. Here's what I'm saying. And maybe Jonas Griffith is that guy. I don't mean to diminish the opportunity for him to pay, potentially get a chance elsewhere as well. But I think Cody, he has so much natural ability. Plus, you mentioned the team control. Those two things right there. You got the restricted free agent status next offseason. I think Jonas Griffith is very, very appealing for what he can do as a special teams guy. The potential he showed as a starter and his overall physical and athletic makeup. He has all the things right there. And now it's just a matter can he put it all together? Well, and look, George Payton initially traded for him at the end of the NFL preseason a few years ago because they needed help and they needed depth at linebacker. And when he got the chance to start, I mean, he started the final four games of the season for the Broncos, he had 40 tackles in four games, as you mentioned. So, you know, average around, as you mentioned, 10 tackles per game there. He was a player that it was even catching the eye of Brian Baldinger. Baldy was like, hey, the Broncos, they have a stud here in Jonas Griffith, man, what this guy can do. And I, we saw that. And then unfortunately, you know, in the preseason first game dislocates his elbow, just a freak incident, but was still ready to play for week one against the Seattle Seahawks. So a tough player, a guy that can bring a lot of value to you, but also the original reason he was brought in the first place was to contribute on special teams. He can still do that now. And the Broncos are going to need a veteran player like him to kind of step into that role because, hey, if Alex Singleton is going to play a little bit more of a predominantly focused on the defensive side of the ball, 
if you put him on defense, you remove him from special teams, you're losing one of your best special teams guys. But now you have a chance to supplement that with Drew Sanders and with Jonas Griffith to allow these guys. And you'll have Justin Sternod there as well. Three linebackers who will play in your depth behind you defensively. And will more than likely, Denver's going to need these guys at some point this season. It is a long year with the option now to flex, you know, another game to Thursday night football. Denver could potentially play in two Thursday night games this season. You need as many bodies as you can. And look, if a guy's going to be playing on special teams and, and defense, there's going to be some injuries. There's going to be some nicks and bumps here and there. You have to have depth there. I think Denver's depth right now is actually in a very solid place. But Jonas Griffith, in my firm opinion, I agree with you, Sarah. I think he has too much talent and so much potential. Right? We're using the P word here again that you can't just discard him. However, if an opportunity arises for the Broncos at any point this season, you did mention it. Josie's in his final year of his contract. In Denver, there could be a chance. Maybe a team calls and says, "Hey, you know, we had a linebacker get injured at training camp or in the preseason. We really need a guy. We'll give you, a, you know, this type of pick." We're not even going to speculate in, ter- in terms of like what that would be, but there is an opportunity there to be had. And I think that the Broncos, their pro personnel department. Look, Sean Payton has said he's been so impressed with the the scouting department, pro personnel, the analytics team, in terms of just how much information, how much research they put into every player, not only on their roster, but players on other rosters as well, to give them the best informed opinion on how to navigate with their personnel decisions that they're going to make. As a coach, you love that because you know that these guys are doing their job. They're doing it really well. I can rely on them. I don't necessarily have to go out and worry about doing it myself, which some coaches, they put the onus and the pressure on themselves to do that. Guys like Bill Belichick are a great example of doing that. But Sean Payton doesn't have to do those things. He's got a staff in place that he has expressed verbally that he trusts and I think that is something that is also important to consider when monitoring these depth, position, personnel decisions that could be coming up in the future here as the Broncos continue OTAs and they get ready for training camp. Well, and one of those coaches that you mentioned or that, you know, Sean Payton's going to put a lot of trust in is Mike Westoff, the, the assistant head coach, right? And what's he going to be looking for? Guys that can fly down the field and make plays on special teams to upgrade one of the worst units in the league. And as you were talking, Cody, I was just picturing in my mind, like, Jonas Griffith and Drew Sanders and Jonathan Cooper and JL Skinner. Imagine being a punt returner and those guys bearing down on you all at once. I mean, that would be slightly terrifying uh, to say the very least. A couple of uh, six foot four missiles out there just absolutely flying right at you, trying to, you know, headhunt a little bit. So I love the, the, the big P word. That's what we're talking about in the episode we did about the offense and now the defense. Cody, I think that P word potential is still a big thing. Even if you're talking about a 33, soon to be 34 year old quarterback like Russell Wilson, uh, almost 30 year old pass rusher like Randy Gregory or younger guys like Jonas Griffith. I, I think that potential right there or or previous, you know, uh, production. There's a lot of different P words that we can use. But that potential is really a big reason why you don't write guys off at all. Right. If they still have potential. If they still have that opportunity to say, hey, all the physical things are there, you know, the, he's still young. He's still got he's shown some good things. He's just struggled with one thing or the other. That potential is not necessarily a reason to ever write somebody off. I mean, we saw it. How patient were Broncos fans with uh, Virgil Green? Remember that the, the potential Very. that he carried with him for eight years in the NFL. So I think it's still time to be patient here for guys like Jonas Griffith. And even, you know, with Kareem Jackson, it's not so much about potential. It's about potential impact and what he could do in a different role for the team. So that P word, it seems a little sketchy when you're talking about really projecting stuff. But potential does matter and it does factor into the way these teams build their rosters. 
Broncos country. That'll wrap up today's episode of the show. Please let us know what you thought of today's episode. Share your thoughts as well with us. Share your thoughts with Broncos country. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video, comment as well for the algorithm, engage with other members in Broncos country. Or if you ever want to share your feedback, you don't have YouTube. You can always tweet us on social media, on Twitter at Cody work NFL at Sarah Bettinger at lockdown Broncos. We appreciate you so much. And for all you everydayers out there, Broncos OTAs will be open to the media. I'll be there covering. And then afterward, we'll come back. We'll record an episode here. Lockdown Broncos have it up for you on tomorrow's brand new episode of the show. We appreciate you so much. Broncos country. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode. Locked on Broncos.